welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And today we are joined by a familiar family, the Paracodies, who have joined us again today. Unfortunately, not to talk about ministry, but to talk about the conflict that is going on in their home country, the country of Ukraine. And for Dr. Rick and I, Ukraine holds a very dear part of our lives. It's a place that we've been many times. And so for, for those that watch the news, and they see the conflict, they see names of cities like Odessa, and Kyiv, and Kharkiv, and Lviv, and those are just names of cities on a map. But I know for Dr. Rick and I, those are cities that have people that we love, know and love. And so we see their names, we see their families, uh, we see who they are. We think of the people from the cities, not even necessarily the sites of the cities. But for the Paracodes, this is also home. Uh, for for Yura, this is his homeland where he grew up. Uh, this is his nation that ha- holds his passport. And this is a bigger deal for him. And so we just really want to come almost a week out when Russian forces uh, invaded the country of Ukraine, the sovereign nation of Ukraine, um, from the north and from the east and from the south. Uh, We want to talk about what's going on and how we can ultimately be going to the Lord to pray on behalf of our brothers and sisters. One of the the things that's so encouraging, just even before we start today, about Ukraine is number one, is to see the growth of the church. The church is growing. The church is vibrant. Not only is the church growing and vibrant, uh, but one of the things that uh, I can honestly say is that Ukraine is one of the greatest mission-sending countries in the world, uh, where they are sending out others to go to share and to spread the good news of Christ Jesus. It's a mission-sending nation with mission-sending brothers and sisters. But then, even as we talk about the Defender podcast, the thing that is so encouraging that we've seen happen, especially over the last 15 to 20 years, is we're seeing the church take an active role in caring for the poor, the needy, the vulnerable, and the orphan. And in a lot of ways, the country of Ukraine has taken care of their children in in ways that many nations have not, and they're doing it through the local church. And that is something that has just been absolutely spellbounding. And today we come with heavy hearts as we watch this nation be pummeled, but we also come with great hope because we know uh, that Christ is on the throne, but we also see the resiliency of the people Uh, We see uh, leaders who are leading and leading well um, in the country. And we want to pray that other nations would would wisely come to the aid of Ukraine. We want to pray for peace for this conflict. And even before we bring in Dr. Rick, I do want to let you know that we did record this uh, podcast on Monday. And so almost 48 hours ago, and and obviously this has been uh, a conflict that has just changed moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day. And so we we understand that that we're giving you information 
that occurred on Monday. And without the ability of knowing what would happen on Monday night and Tuesday and Wednesday morning. But I believe as we close, what we really want to do is pray to the God of heaven for our brothers and sisters and for the, the people of Ukraine. And those prayers are just as good on Monday as they are on Wednesday. And I hope if for nothing else that we will encourage you to pray for the resiliency of the 34 million patriots of Ukraine and for the church in Ukraine and the children of Ukraine and the nation of Ukraine and for the Lord to rain down his blessing and peace upon this nation. Before I bring in Dr. Rick, because of the current events surrounding the conflict in Ukraine, we have been assisting our partners um, in Ukraine and surrounding countries who've been displaced or who are providing for support for those who are. And so as the threat of harm increases, many families have decided to evacuate their families. And so we want to support those families. Some of our partners have chosen to evacuate. We want to help them not only to get out, but to be able to feed their family and care for their family. Even one of our partners uh, in another country in Eastern Europe has graciously opened up his home and opened up his resources to take in as many people as he can. So we want to bring support for them. But we also want to support those who decided to stay, uh, who are fighting on the front lines where food may get cut off and electricity uh, may get cut off. And so the cost to provide housing or heat or water um, our food may be cut off. And we know that monthly that cost is about $1,200. And so we would ask that you prayerfully consider contributing to the needs, the real needs of those uh, and join us in displaying gospel hope. There will be a link in the show notes that can take you to uh, the, the direct page to give. You can also go to our website at lifelinechild.org and on the mainframe, you will be able to see ways that you can get engaged and start to care for orphans, but also the citizens and our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and those around the world who are coming to their aid. Well, Dr. Rick, obviously grateful to be joined today by you and Madison and Yuri, but I think first, before we even talk to the Paracodes, I'd love for you just to give us a history lesson, because I think a lot of people, unfortunately, maybe even listen to the Russian president's retelling of history and take it as gospel truth where we know he uh he is certainly not telling truthful history what is the history and and help us to understand in a historical context this conflict that's happening right now yeah herbie i first thing i'll i'll just acknowledge is um today today's tough and uh and i just want to i just want to say we're probably going to be you know fairly raw in what we say today, um, because, uh, because it, because it is, it's that serious. And, and there are people that we love desperately that are in harm's way. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'll say personally, um, we, you know, we had, we, we first set foot on Ukrainian soil 19 years ago. Um, I counted up the other day just because I, as I was watching some of the stuff on television and seeing familiar places and seeing streets and buildings and things that I recognized, um, 26 times I've been in Ukraine and have spent a, a larger chunk of my life in Ukraine than any other place, um, except here at home. And, uh, what I was what I was impressed by in the very beginning um, was a people that were 
fierce and resourceful and um, people who, who, who lived in community, people who are the many of them, the most magnificent musicians that I've ever been around creative people um, just how much God has invested in, in the nation of Ukraine. And, and I think we, you know, we, we look at the history of Ukraine and, and, and this is a nation that has really only, you know, lived in sovereignty for, you know, 30 years, like a, a really a, a relatively short period of time, but, but they've always been a people. <laughs> and, and in the midst of, it doesn't matter who has, who has, has pushed on them, who has at times overrun them, who's tried to, to dictate to them. They, they've always, um, they've always been a people. And, and I think, um, quite honestly, in, in the days leading up to this conflict, I think that's, that's part of what also has made it a little bit hard. Um, because, because I, because I know how, how fiercely the Ukrainian people defend their right to be a people and, and how much they are, um, how much they're committed to the idea of, you know, the freedom and the sovereignty that they've, they've had. One of the, one of the reasons I spent as much time as I did over the years in Ukraine is because we were training church planners, um, and having the opportunity to, to meet with church planners and, and invest in them and for them to say to me over and over and over again, um, you know, thanks for helping us, um, but you're not always maybe going to be able to be here, but we will. <laughs> and so thank you for making an investment that we can, we can then carry the gospel and we can plant churches and we can share what we've learned and how we've grown with others. And, and, and we've seen the, like we've seen the fullness of that vision. And so literally hundreds and hundreds of church planners that are really located throughout the former Soviet union. And, and part of the reason that Ukraine was such a launching pad for all of that is because of the relative freedom that the Ukrainian people have had and because the, of the, the lack of oppression. And so while that's not always been the story in Russia, while it's not always been the story in Belarus, while it's not, it's not always been the story in the nations around, um, Ukraine has been sort of that, that destination point um, that God has sort of preserved in the midst of, you know, tumultuous circumstances and in the midst of, you know, of, of a lack of freedom in some cases that, that, that has really kind of been the launching pad for ministry in the former Soviet Union. And, and so, um, so we, you know, we, we come at this, I'll just be honest. Like I, I think I paid lip service to that idea of not always being able to be there. Um, and the realization that that's more true today than it ever has been is it's hard. Um, and so we, um, you know, we're not watching the news and this is not a faraway place that we don't know anything about. These are, these are family and friends and people that, uh, that the Lord has privileged us to do life with. And, um, and here's the thing, <laughs> like, I know that, that, that the church in Ukraine is, is dedicated to the gospel. And I know that the gospel is the hope for Ukraine. 
it, it's it's not even the lack of war. It's not even the the ridding of you know Russian oppression or anything else. The hope is the gospel, and the gospel is still there because the church is still there, um, and and that and and there are people for um, you know for reasons that are um, that are good that have that have not like they're, they're fleeing for the safety of their family, but there are others that are staying and, and, and they're pressing in. And those are, those are both good and right choices for all the people who are making them. And, and I think our responsibility here is to hold the rope, (laughs) you know, it's to do, it's to do what we can so that they can do what God has, has appointed them to do. Um, And I've, you know, I've shared people ask and say, you know, what, like, what can we do? Um, and I, you know, I point them to three things and, and number one, like we need to pray because at the end of the day, we don't have any sovereignty over any of this and God does. And so, and, and the Lord has, has privileged us to be able to come to him. So we need, we need to pray. The second thing we need to do is we need to advocate. Um, and as Americans, I'm just going to be really straight to say that in, in the vulnerability of the Ukrainian people, we have the opportunity to be able to use our voice to seek justice. Um, and, and I said, I'm going to be raw. Like we have the, we have the opportunity to be able to advocate to our government to say, let's stop buying Russian oil. Let's stop doing the things that are, that are fueling the crisis and that are hurting the Ukrainian people. Um, and let's not, let's not be so worried about what the consequences are going to be on us. Um, because somebody said to me the other day, what would it be like if you woke up in uh, Los Angeles and Dallas and Chicago and Atlanta and New York were all being bombed simultaneously? How would you react? Um, and that's that's what our friends are are facing. And so um, so so we need to be we need to advocate and we need to be extreme in that. I think the the third thing is, is we like we can give. And, and so through what we're you know, doing through Lifeline, there are others that are, that are helping in other ways, but I mean, God's blessed us with resources and we have the opportunity to be able to, you know, to, to turn that to, um, to affect people that, that are badly in need of it. Um, you know, I, I think as, as I think about Ukraine, um, two of the people that are synonymous with those thoughts um, are like I'm looking at them on the podcast and Madison and Yuri, um, you know, you guys are, are, um, near and dear to our heart. We, you know, we just had an opportunity to sit down and do a podcast episode a few weeks ago where we were talking and celebrating about the things that the Lord's doing and in a very different tone from where we are today. Um, I just, we just want to hear your hearts about, um, you know, where you are, what, what, you know, how can people pray? How can, how can people be positioned in order to be used of God in these moments to, to do something um, that, that blesses the Ukrainian people and ultimately has significance to the kingdom. Thank you guys for taking time to talk with us today. And um, yeah, we're, we come with heavy hearts I, I keep saying when I'm talking to my friends in Ukraine and I'm saying, well, it just happened that we were here and God's just reminded me it didn't just happen. And um, he knew a long time ago, longer than before we planned this trip to visit the States that we would be here when this war started. So we're trying to take solace in that, even though our hearts are just, just ripped apart. Um, and even 
amidst the uncertainty and danger, we would still wish to be with our people on the ground. Um, and I know that, you know, we're obviously very thankful that we're safe and that our four kids are safe because I cannot imagine, I truly cannot imagine what it's been like for these families who are grabbing their kids and heading west or are living in a basement or a bomb shelter for days on end, some without enough food. Um, so I'm taking God's small mercy that he gave to our family and we don't deserve it, but I'm taking it. And so we're just doing everything we can for the people that we know, for the kids that we work with, for our partners on the ground. And honestly, sometimes even people we don't know um, to do what we can. Yeah. And uh, it's been, it's been very, very strange. Uh, um, strange week. Yeah. It's and, not uh, even been a week. <laughs> and uh, I remember when, when everything began and I was, even before that, I was being full denial. I said, no way it's going to happen. There is no logical explanation for that. And uh, when we remember we were sitting down in the evening and it was morning in Ukraine and we started everything. Even then I was in denial of it's just fireworks. No way. It's a real thing. And, uh, and then when it was hit, I was in, uh, 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 I called my sister who was in the East and I said, Hey, what's happening? She said, nothing unusual. There's, you know, something happened, but it's nothing unusual. And then two hours later, she said, okay, we need to find our way out because it's, it's very, very bad. And, um, and in the beginning, I think first couple of days, it was, um, black and white. There's good and bad in York. Oh, it's easy in York. And simple, with my simple nature, I was. Uh, you know, cheering for like, uh, defeat or uh, even death of, uh, you know, in my head was enemy. But the last couple of days, I have just, I don't know, God touched my heart because something about, uh, you know, it's it's easy blame people. But we're just such a sinful people and uh, uh, sin is, sin that's the one. You know, Satan say, I came to steal, to destroy and kill. And uh, uh, I'm looking at this video of uh, the Russian guys in nonsense. They're just the humans, very confused humans, very traumatized humans uh, who in, maybe in their anger that they're doing something right. And I, that's why I'm kind of catching myself now because I think it's very important in our sinful nature, in our, you know, in our anger, uh, and maybe sometimes right, you know, righteous anger, we think, like, okay, we, you know, we deserve it. Just uh, keep it uh, truly what is, what is important because uh, you don't need to be angry on your neighbor who is Russian because he's not the one who doing evil things. And evil, evil people, they're everywhere. And I think that's what we're probably truly, the one exit is just pray to the Lord because he knows by heart, uh, and he know by the name from the beginning, those guys who came to Ukraine, he knows those guys who live in Ukraine. And, uh, and it's, been, um, it's been truly, truly devastating and sad because just seeing how, uh, how Satan just, you know, waged this war. and. Uh, so we just pray now. Uh, uh, truly, I'm just praying because I did not see the. Uh, it's not something about maybe I can do something, but I, I understand I'm not the one who's going to bring the change. I think um, one of the things that the Lord impressed me with last night was, I think the whole world has been very impressed with Zelensky, and we are too. I mean, we're we're very impressed with Ukraine's president. He was a former comedian. There's a clip going around of him on Dancing with the Stars that gave us a good chuckle uh, from 2006. Uh, and then he, you know, was a producer on a TV show, or whatever. And then, and then he becomes president. 
And there's no way when he decided to run for president that he had any idea that he would be spending sleepless nights updating his people from his city. So we're very impressed, but our hope is not in any man. And I don't want Ukrainians even to hope in him. I want them to hope in the Lord. And so we just want to pray that that the local church would be bold, that Christians would not, you know, cower. Um, We're trying to get in in touch with uh, all the, you know, the people in churches we know in Odessa while it's relatively safe and see how can we empower you guys by sending funds to mobilize you to meet needs. There are um, elderly people who are not getting their pensions because the banks are shut down. There are people with special needs or, um, uh, you know, even uh, maternity hospitals. They don't have enough workers. Some of their employees left. They don't have anybody to go get the formula diapers, things that they need. Just in Odessa in the last two days, 16 babies have been born. And that's just one hospital in one city. And it's not even in danger as of today. But in Kharkiv, there are women laboring in the basement. There's a baby born on the subway station in Kyiv. And you start to think about the ripple effects of all of these things. You start to think about the special needs orphanages where there's children who have Down syndrome or cerebral palsy or something um, may possibly even more severe where the employees are doing their best and some have left. And what kids are going to possibly even starve because of this. And the, just the evil, the, the brokenness, and we can't, sometimes we can't do anything about it. Um, I don't say that to be shocking or discouraging, but just to know that there are going to be ramifications that last months and years from now, the trauma that these kids are going through, the families that are being ripped apart at the border because their dads can't go with them across or they're, or the ones that are staying and their dads on the front lines. Um, There's lots of ways to pray, you know, on a personal note, the questions we're getting, you know, Yuri's family's okay. They're all together. They're now hosting in their home, three different families. And his brother is coordinating all the refugee support efforts for their church in the West. Um, So we're very thankful that they're all together. His sister and her husband and two kids uh, did escape from Lugansk on the day everything started. And it took them two days, three trains, but the Lord made a way. And so we're very grateful that our family is safe. All of our contacts are safe and some have left. Some have gone to the West. Some are in Moldova, Romania, Poland. Some are in Odessa. Um, the kids that we work with, um, you know, I, I talked at midnight on Wednesday with Sasha, a boy who comes to the club for deaf teens at our house and both his parents work for the border patrol. They handed him the car keys, told him to pack up, go get his cousins and her two daughters and go to their apartment and that they have outside of Odessa and just wait. And they, they said goodbye to him and they didn't know, um, you know, what would happen. And so far they're okay. But the reality of, of a 19 year old deaf kid having to drive his relatives across the border. I mean, that's just one story. Um, our babysitter and her family miraculously got out. They were in an area outside of Odessa where there were drones nearby. They decided to leave and the Lord made a way for them to get across, even though her dad shouldn't have been able to cross. She said the border guards didn't even look at him. So we just really think that they, the Lord just covered their eyes and allowed him to get out with his five kids. So we just, those are stories of people that, you know, we know they, they're part of our family and we wish that we could do something in person. Um, but we're just, we're trying our, I mean, our main goals right now is to keep in contact with people that we know 
to ask people, you know, if they need something or if they know someone who needs something to raise awareness about what's actually going on on the ground, because we have access to these uh, local channels on Telegram where Yuri's getting news and we're able to share it on social media to see what's really going on and, and to, to fight any kind of information that's not correct. Um, we're just trying to support all the people that we know. We've been raising funds as well. And I know Lifeline has too, to, to actually bring that money directly to people on the ground who need it um, because they need it for basic, for basic needs. Like Kirby was saying, um, the, the, the vast cost difference of living in a European country it's so much more than the cost of living in Ukraine, plus the Grievna has fallen. So if anybody came with any type of money, it's, it's worth nothing, uh, hardly anything in Europe. And so we want to make sure that the people we know are not, are not struggling simply because they chose to leave. Um, yeah. Do you want to add anything? I think, um, you know, something that, that we have, um, that we've sort of said to each other a lot in these days is um, really thinking about Proverbs 21, one, and that the Lord holds the, the hearts of Kings like a stream in his hands and he directs them where, where he would want them to go. Um, and, and we, um, we want to lay claim to that. We want to, we want to affirm the truth of that. And, and I think part of the part of the work that we can do is to be on our faces before God. Yes, pleading for the Ukrainian people, but but pleading for those in leadership to um, to relent and to turn to turn and to change their minds and to change their hearts. Um, I was doing I was doing an interview earlier this week and it just hit me because of a question that they were asked and um, and this is kind of a hard thing to think about but um, Vladimir Putin is created in the image of God mm-hmm. and and he is he is not he is not beyond the reach of the gospel and as much as um, it's easy to be stirred up by anger and frustration and hurt and rage over the things that are going on. Um, Christ compels us to, to understand that, that we are all, we are all Vladimir Putin. We are all, horrible and wretched and deceitful and broken and that we're all in need of the gospel. And, and that's true of the Ukrainian people who are without Jesus and the Russian people who are without Jesus. And, and that, and so one of the things I just want to say, and I just want to declare as we, you know, as we move into a time just to pray um, is that we want to, we want to pray for the, the earthly and the tangible safety of, of people that are in harm's way, people that are, that are facing dire circumstances because of the war. We want to pray for an end to the war. We want to pray that the vulnerable will be protected because stuff like this just makes, if, if the, if the people who are not normally vulnerable are made this vulnerable, how much more vulnerable are the people who are vulnerable every day? 
And so we want to pray and, and ask the Lord to provide and to work in those, in those areas. But, um, but please, God, use this to reach the nation of Ukraine. Use this to reach the people of Russia and, and the people on both sides of this conflict and, and, and lead them to follow Jesus. Because at the end of the day, um, the one fight and the one war that has ultimate significance, we know we've won because Jesus won. Um, and I don't say that tritely. <laughs> I don't. I don't say that as some sort of you know band aid for awful things. But it's just it's the reality that we cling to in the middle of a world that is completely torn apart by sin and brokenness in the fall. And so um, let's just do let's do the one thing we know to do right now, which is we're just going to enter into a time of prayer. And we want to ask you that where you are, if you're if you're listening to the podcast in, in your car, don't don't close your eyes, don't bow your head. <laughs> um, but pray with us because because we, you know, the Lord tells us that we're supposed to we're supposed to pray without ceasing. We're supposed to be in an attitude where where we're, where we're speaking with him all day. And so let's just, let's just speak with the Lord. Hey, Rick, if I could add one thing, um, I know that most of the people listening probably have kids and just wanted to add some ways that you could talk to your kids mm-hmm. and your kids, because, um, I know for our kids, that's their home. They're very, very scared, but for other kids who have no context on what it might be like, just wanted to add a few things that, um, you can do just remind your kids that they're safe and you can show them a map and show them where it is. Um, you can explain like you were talking about that all these people are made in God's image and that it's not quite so black and white and you can name the evil and name the sin that's happening, but just to encourage them who the Lord is, that he's our protector, that he's our hope. Um, you can share with them the resilience of the Ukrainian people and the honor that they're fighting for their freedom in their country and just continue to point them to the gospel. And I just wanted to add two specifically for those families who have children adopted from Ukraine. Um, you could encourage your friends and family about how you'd like for them to address that in front of your adopted children from Ukraine, because that can be really scary for those who may not be able to process everything, those who might be keeping in touch with biological family members or friends from orphanages. Um, you can continue to share with them those, you know, those same things are, are at your discretion, but it might be something to address with your friends and family, your church family, you know, maybe not to approach your Ukrainian child and ask them about that or, or with certain boundaries. So I just wanted to offer that word of encouragement. You know, we're struggling with that as parents as well. They're hearing us talk about it. And we realized probably on the second day that we hadn't done a very good job explaining and they just knew that we were on their phones and they said, you're just always on your phone. You're so frustrated. But when we went and explain what we were doing, that we were trying to get money to our babysitter, to our friends, our family. Um, our oldest son went in his room and got his little piggy bank and brought it to us and said, we just, we just want to help too. So God will move through the hearts of your kids as well. Um, be open to that and, and encourage them in that. Madison, such a good word. Um, I think we, we've been reminded with, with our kids that, um, Every, every one of them is, is dealing with this and grieving it differently. Um, and, and their, 
you know, their hurts and their insecurities and, and the, the thing, like every, every one of them, there's a different piece of this that has, you know, has driven home. And so thank you for uh, the reminder for, um, you know, for families who, who have brought, you know, kids home and, and have, have enlarged their family um, to be Ukrainian American families um, because, um, and, and to be sensitive to um, the, the needs and, and maybe even some of the wounds that this kind of opens back up. Well, let's dive into time and pray. And um, we're just going to we're just going to pray through the things that are on our hearts. And we invite you to pray with us as we as we move forward. Um, and so let's pray together. Father, we um, Lord, we just begin um, to come together to pray um, to you, Lord, to to acknowledge that we are in your presence and that, God, you have not. You have not gone anywhere. You are not. You are not inattentive. You are not asleep, Father. You're not worried, God. You are strong and you are sovereign. And Lord, you are. You are. are Lord, you are ultimately. Um, who you introduce yourself to be, the father to the fatherless, the defender of the defenseless, God, the, the great and mighty God who, um, who stands before the, the, the people and stands before the things of this world um, as our king. And Lord, we just confess today that our hearts are troubled, that Lord, there is... There is war and there is conflict and there is there is evil that is that is being worked out and perpetrated. God, there are there are people that are created in your image that are being hurt and being killed. And God, God, there are things that are happening in Ukraine that are that are not reflective of your heart. They don't reflect your justice. And so, God, we pray for you to intervene. God, we ask you to uh, to do something. God, to 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 make a way where there where there doesn't seem to be a way. But God, we we acknowledge in that same breath that we trust you, and that we create a picture in our mind of what it what it's going to look like and what it's going to be like when you work. And God. You are under no obligation to fulfill our thoughts or to fulfill our fantasy. And so, God, we pray that your purposes would be accomplished. We pray that the gospel would go forth. God, we pray that that hearts would be open to, um, to the real safety and the real security. God, the real, um, God, the real answer which is the work of Jesus. God, we thank you that, that even as sinful, broken, selfish, warring kinds of people, that God, you didn't count that broken character against us, but that you came 
Jesus, and you lived a life that we could not possibly live in order to, to bring about our redemption. And Lord, we ask you that you would, you would work in the circumstance to bring about the redemption of men and women and boys and girls in Ukraine and in Russia and God, um, even into the, even into the places where, where Ukrainians are, are scattering and, and, and where they're going as refugees. Lord, we know that the gospel is going with many of them. And so, Lord, we, we claim what the enemy means for evil. Lord, we know that you can work that for good. And so, Lord, we ask you to do that. God, I pray for people of yours that, that, that hear your voice and that, and that follow you, that are in the midst of Ukraine, that are in despair. God, I pray that you would encourage them. God, I pray that you would you would meet their suffering and you would, you would give us ability um, who are not there and not in the middle of it to do things in order to encourage them and to help them. God, we pray for our leaders. We pray for our president. We pray for President Zelensky. We pray for President Putin. Lord, we pray for all of the world leaders and all of the people that work for them and with them in this conflict. And God, we ask you that you, that Lord, you would move in their hearts and that you would direct, you would direct their thoughts and their actions and that God, you would prevail through them. God, we pray that, um, that, that, that as decisions are made, Lord, we pray that, that even as orders to commit evil are given that Lord, that they'll not be heard, that they'll be disregarded, that God, um, that they won't reach their intent. God, we pray as well, um, Lord, just that, that you will give us the opportunities to use what we know and, and God use who we know in order to be able to advocate that God, you would, you would help us to use our voices and, and to use our lives to, to seek justice for those who are not in a place to be able to, to get justice. And Lord, we pray that you would, you would give us the privilege to, to take those things that you have allowed us to steward over and to use them to make a difference in, in the midst of this crisis. And so, Lord, we pray for the people of Ukraine. God, we pray for the story that you're writing. And God, we pray and, and just ask expectantly that you would give us the grace that a year from now or two years from now or five years from now that we would turn around and look back and the thing that we would most evidently be able to see is your hand that we could see the way that you've worked and God, the way that you've orchestrated circumstances and Lord, the way that you've worked in people and that God, we, that, that, that Jesus would ultimately be magnified by, by, by the things that we look back on and the things that we see in, in little bitty stories of, of individual people and individual families and God in, in great big stories of countries that are, that are written in the annals of history. And so Lord, we, we today, um, know that we're out of control. God, we know that we have very little ability to affect. God, we we feel small, but God, we we confess that you're not. And Lord, we trust you and we and we thank you, Lord, that we can look, we only have to look as far as the cross and the empty tomb to Lord understand that you can accomplish it all. And so Lord, we pray that you would work.
um, for for the good of the people of Ukraine and God ultimately for the glory of our King Jesus and and for the building of his kingdom. And it's in his name that we pray. Father, we just come before you very thankful for this day that you have made and allowed us to be a part of. And our day looks very different here than the day that just passed in Ukraine. We just pray your mercy and your favor and your grace over the people of Ukraine, God. We pray that you provide favor for those who are looking for ways to leave as they hit roadblocks, as they try to go out. I want to pray for those who may be Russian citizens who've lived in Ukraine and have family in Ukraine and are worried about being able to travel and get out, God, that you would provide favor for them and, and encouragement. We pray for our churches, um, that the big, the big C church would come together in Ukraine, would not fold or hide, Lord, but would be bold in its witness to you. God, I just want to specifically pray for all the mothers who are pregnant, who are laboring, who are giving birth in bomb shelters. I want to pray for the health of their babies. I want to pray for babies who are in the NICU, children who are receiving treatments, uh, people in general who are in the hospital for things like cancer or some sort of long-term treatment that have been moved to the basement of these buildings. I pray you would provide food where it is needed. Think about the miracles you did for Elijah, for the widow and her son. And God, we know you can do things like that. I pray you would send people who have access to food, whose bank cards work. God, I pray that you would provide an easier way for us to get money directly to people on the ground. We know that you are above wire transfers and bank accounts and ATMs. And God, you're sovereign over every currency. And so we just pray that you would provide a, a clear way to get money on the ground in Ukraine to people who need it. I want to pray for the kids in orphanages, for the ones who are in safe places. I want to praise you that it's safe. And for the ones who are in dangerous cities right now, like Kharkiv and Kiev, Kherson, and Mariupol, that you would provide just a, a blanket of covering over them, God. You'd provide enough workers and enough food to care for them, that you'd provide evacuation where it's possible and needed. God, we trust you, even when we don't understand. We know that you have, you've known about this since the beginning of time and that this did not surprise you. We can take solace in the fact that even as our fingers are typing and we're communicating with people and trying to do a million things just to, to, to provide any type of help, that you are not stressed about this. You hurt for your people, but you are not stressed about this. I pray for our, our kids, our four kids. God, I pray you get them understanding. You give them peace that they wouldn't worry about their friends. I pray for um, our partners on the ground, Slavic and Alona with Heritage. I thank you, Lord, that they're in a safe place. And I praise you for all the work you're going to do through them and their contacts. God, we just, we come before you and we humbly ask that you would give us wisdom with what to share, with how to proceed, with what we can do to glorify you amidst this tragedy. And pray all these things in the name of your precious son Jesus. Бог, спасибо, что что ты любишь нас, спасибо, что ты знаешь нас, спасибо за разные нации, которые ты создал, спасибо за то, что ты полюбил нас всех таких абсолютно разных. Ты не смотришь на наш язык, не называем мы на украинском, на русском английском, ты действительно просто любишь нас по своей большой благодати. Я прошу тебя твою милость на Украину, 
Мы не заслуживаем твоей милости. Я прошу тебя просто распространить свою благодать и милость на, на жителей Украины. Я прошу тебя за то, чтобы ты просто ободрил церковь, дал им смелости, дал им помнить, что церковь — это не здание и не строение, не зависит от того, что, может быть, что-то будет разрушено. Мы одна большая твоя семья, которую ты нас собрал всех таких разных, ты нас установил, и мы можем назвать тебя отцом. Помоги нам, чтобы просто распространить эту новость каждому, кто в печали, кто, может быть, потерял своего отца или потерял свою родню, о том, что ты усыновляешь, и ты любишь, и ты лучший из всех родителей. Я прошу тебя за смелость для украинцев, для обычных людей. Я прошу твоей защиты, твое усиление на разбитые сердца, я прошу тебя твоего смелости для детей, которые там вот прячутся и которые не понимают, что происходит. Я прошу тебя милости на всех солдат, чтобы, чтобы они не жесточались. И помоги нам действительно просто помнить то, что мы слабые люди, мы негодные люди, но ты нас полюбил. Помоги нам любить наших даже врагов, как ты, как ты полюбил нас. Пусть на тебя о, о хлебе, о еде для всех нуждающихся. Дай всем то, что нужно, кому нужно. Пусть на тебя за, действительно, за слабодрение, за людей, которые, чтобы они просто могли духом этим святым были водимы тем, кто нужно ему помощь. Потому что мы не можем ничего изменить, мы не можем изменить сердца людей, но ты можешь изменить. Поэтому просто идет Духом Святым, покрывая всю Украину, работая в сердцах людей, как русских, так и украинцев. И я прошу тебя просто дай милость, дай милость. Мы не заслужим милости, но мы прошу тебя милость по твоей благодати. Поймем этого молимся. Иисус, Дух Святой, Отец. Аминь. Wars and rumors of wars and conflict and hurt and strife and pain and misery occur that we many times don't understand. Father, this fallen world is many times more than we can handle. But Lord, we know that even amidst the brokenness, even amidst the strife, even amidst the pain and the hurt and the uncertainty, we confess that you're in control. And so Lord, while we may not know what tomorrow will bring or the next hour or the next minute, Lord, while we would wish and hope to be with our brothers and sisters, with our friends and our family, with the countrymen that we may have there in Ukraine, Lord, we pray that as it says in your word, that you would be with the brokenhearted, you would bind up the brokenhearted. Lord, that you would be a God, a father to the fatherless, a defender of the orphan, a defender of the widow. Lord, that you would help the needy and the afflicted, that you would be in their presence, that you would comfort them with a comfort that only you can give. Lord, I... I just ask that you would be those men, those women, those boys and those girls 
who are in the heart of Kiev today. Lord, for the resistance to continue, for the resistance to grow stronger, for you to strengthen the resistance, and for you to weaken uh, the Russian invasion. Lord, we ask that you would help our brothers and sisters to who are, in, who are still in Ukraine to, to work together, to, to find creative means to communicate with one another, and that the church would rise up victorious to show the love of Christ during such a difficult time. Lord, certainly, we, we don't mean to de- be disrespectful. Um, we do not mean to be funny. But at the same time, Father, if you could even hit the entire Russian army with dysentery uh, or with a temporary sickness that would cause them to have to lay down their arms, Lord, whatever it may take, we know that you, are, you, are, you can use stomach bugs, you can use um, natural occurrences, Lord, to, to end the conflict. And Lord, we would pray for an end to that conflict and whatever means may be necessary. But Lord, as much as we want to see conflict end, even more than that, we do not want to see the loss of unnecessary human life. We do not want to see the the hurt and the pain. And so, Lord, we would ask this hurt and this pain would end and that there would be as few lives lost as, as possible. Lord, even as we look on, would you help us not to pray once or to pray when it's convenient. But as Paul told the church at Thessalonians, would we pray without ceasing for Ukraine, for your gospel, for the nations, and for your glory to be made known. Lord, we love you. We praise you, and we thank you for this time. And it's in your great name that we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.